The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Steven Jodrand. Joining me today, as always, Jake Watroba and Arman Kafai. On today's episode, we discuss U.S. men's national team and the red-hot numbers of their attendance, plus another international segment of the counterattack with the one and only Jake Watroba. Listeners, before we get to today's discussion, follow us on the Twitter machine at Pod. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to the show and leave us a five-star review. Now, let's get to today's episode. What it do, nephews? (laughs) That's a new one right there. I've never, I, I don't know how to respond to that. You guys don't listen to Snoop Dogg? No, I go on RMBA, so that's why our nephew's huge part of the Reddit community. I, so. how, okay, let me let, let's let's start over then. Hey, Armand and Steven, how are you guys doing? Hi, Jake. I'm doing well. How are you, Armand? I'm doing well, Steven. Um, I mean, some of us are doing better than others, but <laughs> I'm doing pretty freaking well. If you don't know, well, you know what I'm saying. It was a uh, an interesting day. With the U.S. men's national team. Another friendly. Another interesting result and a lot to discuss. Uh, guys, we go to uh, Houston. BBVA Compass Stadium. And just a side note question for you. What's the ranking of that soccer-specific uh, stadium in MLS? You put it up there as far as the architecture of it? I think it's a nice stadium. And, I mean, if you want to, like, you know, rank it especially with accessibility it should be within like the top five stadiums in mls um but i mean obviously attendance numbers don't say that so i mean it's a soccer stadium so it's got that going for it (laughs) so what you're saying is it's better than nycfc's or gillette stadium you've set very low standards there my uh guys well that's what we do yes i am saying that Listeners, Unk Sam Soccer Pod, there you can get the latest. Uh, guys, seriously though, Christian Pulisic, fourth minute goal assisted by Jesse Zardes. Boy, Jesse Zardes had a big weekend. Jake, you must feel really proud of yourself. You finally have yeah. a take where you're not going to be arrested for it. Uh, I'm telling you guys, he will be the striker for this national team for this upcoming cycle between now. He might be the starting striker for 2022 as well so hey i you guys you guys want to crucify me 
I'm sure uh, our listeners did too, but so far, your guy here is looking pretty good on his prediction. Oh, that's true. Then five minutes later, guys, Chile finds the equalizer with a goal from Oscar Opazo, who plays his club football in Chile for Colo Colo. Kind of set up an interesting match. Two goals within 10 minutes of play, but then things turn sour as, you know, Pulisic was subbed off in 36 minutes with a, an apparent quad injury. And, and, and you got some interesting uh, Christian Pulisic stats, Jake. What are they? At 20 years and 189 days old, Pulisic becomes the fastest men's national team player to reach 10 goals. He was also making his 25th appearance. Pulisic also became the second fastest to achieve the mark by Caps, trailing only Clint Mathis, who hit 10 goals in his 23rd appearance on June 10th, 2002, versus Korea during the group stage of the 2002 FIFA World Cup. So it in my argument that he is single-handedly the best player right now with the U.S. men's national team, proven right. So, not getting rested. Um, I don't I don't know if this just proves that he's the best player right now. Who is? Armand, you watched the game. Who was the best player on the pitch yesterday? Wow, you're, you're putting me on the spot for this one. Um, oh, that's, that's, that's tough. I mean... You could go with Michael Bradley, as uh, everyone on Twitter has decided to go with. Uh, he had a pretty good game as uh, out there as well. well so. So according to a friend of the show, Sam Skayskull, earlier Wednesday morning, tweeted this out. Feeling punchy this morning. Let's do this. Michael Bradley is still the U.S. men's national team best player. And like all of you hate him. That makes no sense because Michael Bradley is not the most talented player. I think Christian Pulisic is a better player. If my if he said Michael Bradley is the best player in this Greg Berhalter system, then maybe he has a point. Maybe. But what are we judging these players on? I, I a performance against Chile in a meaningless friendly in Houston, Texas is suddenly going to put you as the best player of the US men's national team. Michael Bradley captain the US men's national team to not Russia. Okay? I don't know what he managed to do. But Michael Bradley's an important player, a veteran, experience, but he's not U.S. men's national team best player. I think you could probably list uh, Tyler Adams above that. McKinney, Armand, your boy, better than Michael Bradley? I mean, talent-wise, I mean, I guess you could say at this stage of his career, yeah. Jake? Um, Bradley's kind of not the best, and at He's kind of regressing a little bit, a little bit. Well, he's older. Jake, who are the best, three best players right now with the U.S. men's national team? The three best players right now with the national team? Well, Tyler Adams is on that list. Christian Pulisic. Christian Pulisic. Okay, then who's the third? Who's the third? It's not Michael Bradley. Weston McKinney? No, Jake or Jason say Giassi Zardes. No, I'm not going to say Giassi Zardes. (laughs) Let Let me challenge you guys to this. We, we talked about and we complained about the center back pairing last night. Is it John Brooks? Is it a little ass line to say John Brooks or Aaron Long is no. the third best player? Because, no, because we saw because we saw evidence of that last night. I mean, that part of, you know, being a team that's going to have possession to build from the back is uh, so all these players aren't used to that. So you're going to start you know seeing them make mistakes. And we saw a lot of mistakes, you know, from Tim Marim. I'd say Omar Gonzalez had a couple. Matt Miazga even, and that and that back pairing really couldn't get out of line. I think Gonzalez has one key play where he skipped lines by finding someone in the middle. But 
I mean, I think you're on something, Jake. You're on something in terms of the, the center, maybe one of the center backs being uh, a top three or four important I, player. The, well, wait, 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 wait. National... Did you just did you say important or best player? Because I think there's there's a distinction to be made. Uh, gonna... In ter- in terms of what? Well, I'm just I'm just making sure I understood your phrase. Were you talking about best player or uh, as far as just an important important? important. important. And I think there's important. a distinction though. There's a distinction to be made. Best player does not equal import uh, that the most important. You could be an important player, but you, you can don't. throw John Brooks into the into the top three best players, though. Yeah, I no, like. I think you absolutely can. I mean, maybe not the, Aaron Long, but not I Aaron Long, but John Brooks, you can. I mean, just apples and oranges here. But guys, top three players in the Premier League right now. You've got to put Van Dyke on the list, right? Based on his performance with yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to. So why – it's not crazy to put John Brooks on the list. In fact, it's almost better that you put John Brooks on the list because Chile was able to expose the USA. And I think this is critical because somebody like a Mexico, which Armand foreshadowed, could use space who could – if the center backs could not hold possession down, you can easily see the USA getting run over especially against a superior offense. And I'm saying Chile is some wondrous team here. This is a little bit concerning. I don't think so. As far as the growing pains, um, and the thing I'm encouraged about personally is that Greg stuck to his guns from building out of the back because we're going to see those growing pains. It's not going to be all beautiful passing out of the back or whatever. You're going to see those growing pains. As long as he sticks to the idea who knows? Maybe when it's time for Gold Cup, maybe those ideas are fully in standard, and you'll probably have your best two center back pairing there. But I'm glad he stuck to his guns. Can, Armand, can I ask you a question here? Yes, yes of course. Tim Ream can't possibly be the best left back the U.S. have to choose from right now. Yeah, that, that was really concerning. It, it, he can't be. I, there has to be someone else. But I mean, if you try to think of any, can you think of any off the top of your head? I re- I can't. I, that, and that's the that, thing. That, and that's why I'm asking you. Am I, am I crazy for suggesting that there's somebody better than him right now? Because I, I, I watch him play, and there's nothing impressive about anything he does. And I, I don't I don't understand how there isn't anybody in the pool that they're picking over Tim Ream right now. I really hate to be that guy to you know meet our FC Dallas quota, but. So I'm going to go a little bit tangent. I wouldn't be surprised. If it, well, I'm just kind of surprised they maybe haven't looked at a Hollings head or anything like that. Because the way Luchigan uh, – Yeah, you're, you call me crazy. I'm serious. Call me crazy. At Armanka 5. Yeah, call me crazy. But the reason why I say this is because Luchigan's all the system is what? He had a he had maybe a rough game at right back, but left back, a little more comfortable. And his system emphasized playing out of the back. So you're going to have a guy who's comfortable in playing out of the back and pushing forward, which is something – you know, Berhalter likes a little bit. I mean, obviously not in that system with Ream. Um, maybe he'll be more central. But, I mean, Holland's has potential to be more defensive and more attacking. I mean, maybe it's just me being watching too much FC Dallas because I'm, I cover them. But I'm a little, I, I feel like he could be an option because you have, what, Daniel Lovitz and Tim Ream. And I think uh, Twelman said this on the, on the uh, air. He said there's at least one moment in a game where Tim Ream makes a mistake and you're like, oh, wow, that's like that's a pretty bad mistake that you're making right there. There has to be someone else, and I don't think Anthony Robinson is necessarily ready yet. But like you're saying, Jake, I'm I'm trying to think of names, and like there's only there's not that many that kind of come to mind immediately. So are we saying John Brooks and Aaron Long are the two is the best pairing at the moment based on what we have seen? Yes. And I think 
this is good. We have a pairing now. Can we work around it? Can Greg Berhalter work with it? And I think Brooks being in the Bundesliga, that's a huge benefit because he's going to go against superior offensive players. And you need you need somebody back there to command everything. And Armand, I, I, I get it. It's growing pains. But it's a little bit concerning because there is some sort of emphasis on the Gold Cup. And I don't know if there will be a Confederations Cup come 2021. Rumors are out there that they want to get rid of it. Fine, whatever it may be. However, it would be a good and great benefit for the U.S. to get to the Olympics, to win the Gold Cup, to make the Confederations Cup, whatever that tournament may be, and then eventually get to the World Cup. So my question to you guys is, is the U.S. ready to take on Mexico and win the Gold Cup? Yes or no? Well, I suppose I have to stick to my my take from five, six months ago where I said they would win the Gold Cup. So, yeah, I guess. But they got a lot of work to do. <laughs> I would have to go with uh, no. The no. way Mexico has comes out, came out guns blazing, Tata Martino's first two games have been phenomenal. Uh, and well, Phenomenal might be too strong of a word. They've been pretty freaking great, you know, a lot relative to his Atlanta United and Barcelona days, the high pressing and flying all over the place and That's winning concerning. the ball back imme- winning the ball back immediately after losing it. If it reminds you a little bit of Atlanta United, uh, my friend John Arnold has a really good post on it on Gold.com that, you, that y'all can uh, read about. Um, it's it's Tata Martino. His soccer is fun. I'm scared for a Mexico team that's you know been told to go balls to the walls. But I'm just going to say this. I'm isn't just that what say you... this? Go, Jake. Our guy, Greg Berhalter, in MLS, seemed to have Tata's number when it came to oh, playing oh, in big matches. Oh, yeah. I'm not USA, saying. I'm just saying. USA. I'm not saying. USA. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'll say it. U.S. is ready to take on Mexico. You know why? Because Greg Berhalter, and I'm stealing Lexi Laws, is fearless. He does not care. And it's fascinating to watch. And I think I think Greg Berhalter is setting his team up to beat Mexico. He is trying to figure out how he's going to beat Mexico. And that's going to matter. Uh, ESPN.com. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I stole the question there. Is the U.S. ready to take on Mexico and win the Gold Cup? Guys, guess what Jeff Carlisle said? Yes or no? No. 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 Noah Davis, yes or no? No. 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 Jason Davis, yes or no? No. Yes. No. Ark Bell, yes or no? No. 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 Gustav Elvin, yes or no? No. 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 Not. So clearly... There doesn't seem to be quite a bit – there clearly isn't the momentum swing with the U.S. men's national team to take on Mexico. But I think they can. I think they can make the game competitive. And in tournament football, we know anything is possible. And, Jake, you bring up a great point. Greg Berhalter did take on Tata Martino and has experience, and that cannot be overlooked. Cannot be overlooked. Now, fellas, quickly here. Any last-minute thoughts from the U.S. game? Yeah, my, my my final takeaway is from that friendly is I'm actually – I mean, you guys kind of alluded to it. I'm very excited to see 
a USA Mexico matchup, not based on you know the rivalry and all stuff, but to see another edition of Tata versus Burhalter. Remember, Tata has a really great respect for Burhalter and his tactics during his days at Columbus while Tata was at uh, Atlanta. And remember, Columbus knocked out Atlanta in that 2017 playoff run. I think overall that matchup's going to be fascinating because I want to see how Burhalter, because I think we know how Tata's going to play and how he's going to press them and win the ball back and have the players fly over the pitch. But the U.S. makes it there. I want to see how Burhalter adjusts his system because those spaces we saw against Ecuador specifically, they're going to get exploited by a guy like Chucky Lozano. Um, you know, if they have Raul Jimenez up top, he can win balls. You know, Chitarito, obviously. Their midfield has been solid as well. It's going to be fun. Let me tell you, if we see a USA-Mexico matchup, I'm, I'm for sure, you know, pulling up a chair and being 100% focused on that matchup. My biggest takeaway from these last two friendlies or over this FIFA window here has been the attendance numbers of the Mexican national team playing in the U.S. versus the U.S.'s attendance records playing in the U.S. You can follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod to dive deeper into this conversation with us on Twitter. But, Stephen, earlier today, today being Wednesday, you tweeted out the total attendance number for the two Mexico friendlies here in the U.S. in San Diego and in Santa Clara. 99,934 showed up to watch Mexico in their two friendlies over the last week versus 35,455 for the U.S. And I know a big debate on Twitter right now has been the ticket prices. Hot take for you guys. I don't think ticket prices is the reason why there is a sixty-four to 65,000 person discrepancy there. It's it's simple. It's just the fact that people want to go watch L3 play. That's, that's, that's the point. That's the thing. You put Mexico in the U.S., same venue, same location against the same team, you would have less people go to the U.S. game. I mean, think about it. If Mexico played Brazil and Neymar was there, that stadium would be sold out. But if the U.S. took on Brazil, and in fact they did, you would see a closer capa- a, a, a capacity of, what, 60 to 80%. It would not be as sold out. Let me ask you guys this. With both of you living in Dallas, Stephen, you were living in Dallas at one point in time. If Mexico played Brazil in Dallas at Jerry's World, would they sell it out? Hundred percent. That uh, place holds over what a hundred thousand people. Well, I mean, if you think, well, our last year it was a World Cup tune-up. They played Croatia on a very rainy Tuesday night, and it was it was uh, announced sellout. Guys, what I'm fascinating to know is what the TV ratings will be. I know the games kicked off at different times, but I'm still fascinated to know what the numbers are, and that that will reveal a lot to the debate, obviously, with the ticket prices. But let's get to the counterattack. Fast-paced, shifty movement, brilliant skill. Yeah! It's the counterattack with Jake Watroba. It's counterattack time here on Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. We are going international on this uh, this installment of the counterattack. Uh, let's get the ball rolling here, fellas. Let's talk a little Premier League. Oh, Liverpool leads Man City 
by two points on the table, 76 and 74 points respectively. But Man City has a game at hand. Guys, with seven matches remaining for Liverpool and eight matches remaining for Man City, who will be crowned champion of the English top flight? City. Well, well, Armand's take is going to be biased because he's a City fake fan. So clearly the answer here is Liverpool. He's Virgil van Dijk. He's our number four. He loves to score. Yeah, Liverpool. Go Reds. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the Liverpool bandwagon. Yeah. This yeah, this year. yeah, we all we all know you're a bandwagon, man. <laughs> DC United and MLS, the Rapids, the Revs, FC Dallas. How can you how can you like four teams in MLS? I barely like one. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, you're you're a journalist. You you can't like. Yeah, exactly. You have yeah, to be objective. I'm a, I'm a talk show host. I can I I can like what you I like want. You like all of MLS, man. Enter Miami, Austin. Oh, yeah. You hey, know. Austin, top ten market. Ba- bandwagon, right there. Bandwagon. Jake, uh, what right, do you think, City or Liverpool? It's gonna be City. It's not gonna be Liverpool. Will will have this Steven Gerrard Demba Ba moment again at some point <laughs> in the final seven matches. <laughs> And any chance they had at winning the league will be pissed away from something stupid that Virgil van Dyke will do. There you go. There, wait, I said it. I'm cursed. Wait, 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 wait. So City play Fulham, Cardiff City, Crystal Palace, Tottenham in the Champions League, by the way, then Tottenham again, United, Burnley, Leicester City, and Brighton. It's not the wow, easiest of schedule. But that there are some softs. Soft. soft. What that's do you soft. Mean? Well, back-to-back weeks, back-to-back weeks of Tottenham and United. How are they going to get through that schedule? Okay, Okay. Liverpool's got Tottenham, Southampton, Porto in the Champions League, Chelsea, which, you know, Jake, you think is a soft team, Cardiff City, Huddersfield, Wolves, and Newcastle. I think Liverpool's schedule might be a little bit softer. No, no, wow. no, 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 especially after my boy Kanye said, I'm a fixed Wolves, uh, they seem kind of fixed right now, that'd be kind of, that matchup I think is be really fun to watch. All right, let's move on, let's move on, it's gonna be Man City, Steven, I'm sorry. No, let's no, it's not. Let's move on, let's move on. We're moving on, it's gonna be Man City, but we're gonna, we're gonna move on here. No, it's not, are we, are we literally just re- Taping, it's just going to be a retape. Listener, sorry you had to listen to that twice. Uh, 538, by the way, City, 66 to 34 favorites. It's a big number. But hey, Liverpool's going to win it all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you, you heard it here from Steven. All right, let's, okay, fine, let's move on. Let's keep it in England. Let's keep it in the Premier League. Let's talk a little Harry Kane. Yeah, there was a full feature done on him on ESPNFC.com earlier today. And towards the end of that article... They started speculating on whether or not Harry Kane could make a move to the NFL later in his career. Obviously, Harry Kane's a big New England Patriots fan. I think at some point in the article, he said moving to the NFL to kick field goals because obviously he's not going to quarterback the New England Patriots. Maybe maybe he'll, maybe he'll be brought in to replace Gronk. Who knows? But uh, I believe Harry Kane at one point in the article said it would make, make him one of the greatest sportsmen of all time to tackle quote-unquote uh the premier league and then move on to the nfl guys do you do you buy harry kane making a move stateside to kick field goals in the nfl how sale how self-inflated do you have to be to say that you would be one of the greats what sportsmen whatever he used 
to I don't call think himself. He said that. I think the article said he'd be one of the greatest sportsmen. But to your point, no, um, I would I would rather see Harry Kane play at Gillette Stadium with the New England Revolution um, at like 36 or how old he is going to be when he when he decides to do that. Yeah, Gillette Stadium. I thought when you said when you said 36, Armand, I thought you meant in front of 36 people because that's uh, I mean that's how people are going to be there. <laughs> Harry Kane. 17 goals, 4 assists in the Premier League this season. Uh, Harry Kane might be lucky. He might end up playing with Tom Brady. Who knows? I mean, with, with the way Tom Brady's going, he might be lucky to meet, you know, yeah, it's not Tom Brady. Happen. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. All right, let's move on. Enough of Harry Kane. Let's talk a little Mexico. They win 4-2 over Paraguay and 3-1 over Chile over their last two friendlies during the FIFA international break. Tata Martino takes a ball to the face, breaks his glasses. I don't know how much Mexico the two of you watched, but how impressed were you by their play uh, over the last week? I mean, my other my other team, El Tree, like Landon Donovan says. Just saying. Yeah, well, yeah. No, very impressed, but the USA can't compete because I would be take-cornered or arrested for saying El Tree have the leg up with the Gold Cup. No, very impressed. Very impressed with Mexico. Tata Martino, great hire for El Tree, and they're a fun team to watch. If you just want to watch good soccer and fun soccer, wait for the uh, Mexican national team to come to television. You got 90 minutes of fun right there. Steven, I do believe Mexico has quite a big leg up on the U.S. men's national team right now. Just a little... Throw my opinion out there. So yeah, but let's but move on. Wait, here. wait, 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 wait. No, no, you can't hear. You can't say that the USA can compete with Mexico and then go around. Well, Mexico have a a big leg up on the U.S. men's national team. My opinion, right there. You can't go I around can say that. that. I can say that. Yeah, but okay. Mexico has is a uh, the, the Mexican national team has a lot more talent than the U.S. national team does right now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that 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 that's not a wrong take to have. I just say that U.S. can compete with Mexico in the Gold Cup. I believe they can too. But I'm just saying, with the, they have a they're clearly better talent wise. They have a manager who has managed uh, internationally in Tata Martino. I just think they have uh, they have they have a leg up on the U.S. right now. But you know what? Well, we're gonna move on. Let's talk a little Champions League here to wrap up the counterattack. 538 released their Champions League favorites, and they actually show that Man City and Liverpool are currently the favorites to win the Champions League with uh, Barcelona a close third. Man City, the overall favorite to win at 35%, with Liverpool and Barcelona tied with 24%. Guys, who do you think is going to uh, be crowned the Kings of Europe? Ooh, let's go Ajax. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. That would be a man. dream. I would love for Ajax. Um, you know, I uh, uh, I don't think City will win it. Let's go hot take um, from, you know, as much as Spurs. Ooh. That was such a poor delivery. Uh, Juventus, Ronaldo will guide Juventus. And Gigi, John Luigi Buffon will be disappointed. Interesting. I actually do have Ajax. I think Ajax will win the Champions League. They look, they have looked the 
What are you, what are you laughing oh. at? I don't know if the you're guy, just if you're just wanting Twitter Tottenham, to guy, hate you even more guy, or what. The guy who picked Tottenham, who, who might not even qualify for the Champions League next year. Hey man, it's okay. I, I, don't, my, I don't watch Premier League. The, the guy who's taking the team who hasn't won anything in the last what forty years. Something has to change. Couldn't win the league when, <laughs> with uh, three years ago, they couldn't chase down Leicester freaking City. Is now saying that Tottenham is gonna buy. By the way, uh, upset Man City and Tottenham. win the Champions League. Come on, man! You Ajax, can't tell man. me that. If you don't think Ajax has looked impressive, they have. They look good, but like relative to everyone else, Spurs. At Armonka 5 for that, guys. Yeah. That was Get bad. Armonka 5. That. that was bad. Yeah, hey, on, John Luigi yeah. Buffon, if Juventus win it, I don't know what's going on through his head. That would just suck. But that's it for the counterattack today, and that's it for today's show, actually. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. Send your hate mail to Armonka 5. Tell him Spurs will not win the Champions League. That is a preposterous statement. You can follow Steven Jodoran at Steven Jodoran, and you can follow myself at Jake Watroba. For Steven, for Arman, I'm Jake. We will talk to you guys later. Deuces. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The available AKG 36-speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound. Not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.